the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto each of us, you and me. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto us from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sermon has a strange title. It is entitled, The Clouds and the Rainbow. You cannot have a rainbow unless there be clouds. And oft times when there are clouds, at least two or three times during the summer, you will be blessed to see a rainbow. Strange text, sermon, purposefully for this weekend. Text is Genesis 9. Noah said to Noah, God said to Noah and his sons as they came off the ark after the flood, I will now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants and with every living creature that was with you on that boat. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. And God said, I shall give you a sign, Noah, that I am making a covenant between you and every living creature. I have set my rainbow in the midst of the clouds. And that rainbow in the clouds will be the sign of the covenants between me and all this earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in those clouds, I will remember what I have promised you, and you will remember what you have promised me. You and I, in a few days, will look to the skies. It will not be during the daylight, it will be at night. You and I will see the same thing. We will see fireworks galore. Fireworks in brilliant colors painting the sky. And what does it mean when we see fireworks of all sizes and shapes painting the sky for some 20 or 25 minutes? What does it mean? It means freedom. It means freedom. That's what we are celebrating. We are celebrating freedom. Memorial Day, Veterans Day, we celebrate those who served in the military and gave their lives in their service to this country. There is a great solemnity with regards to Memorial Day and to Veterans Day. There is no such solemnity when it comes to the 4th of July, for that is a day of great celebration. The joy and the peace that God grants us. No British soldiers, no German tanks, no Japanese bombers, no threat of Russian nuclear war. There is never a 4th of July that has ever come to me that I do not thank God that he has given our nation another year of peace. Never forgetting Stephen Chapman's editorial in the Chicago Tribune some five years after 9-11, Stephen Chapman said, I don't believe in God, but there is some divine power that has kept our nation free from further acts of terrorism these past five years. And now you multiply that how many more years? 
On the 4th of July, you ought to gather before you eat your hot dogs and cherry pie or whatever you're eating. You ought to gather together and thank God in front of your children and friends. Thank him for another year of safety that he has granted our nation. I want to talk about a sky gazer. He lived 4,000 B.C., if you follow Usher's chronology. A stargazer. And what he saw in the sky gave him enormous joy and hope and blessing, particularly when God pointed out this phenomena of nature and wrapped around that phenomena of nature his own covenant of peace. An eternal promise that God attached to that thing called the rainbow. Noah saw the clouds, and after the clouds he saw the rainbow. And after he saw the rainbow, the voice of God himself saying to Noah, My rainbow in the cloud shall be a token of a covenant between me and all the earth. Every time he mentioned a rainbow three times in five verses, he mentioned a cloud. He did not mention the one without the other. And I will explain shortly. Rainbows. Strange way to deliver a gospel message, don't you think? God used angels to do that, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Fear not. He used prophets to announce gospel messages. He used apostles to do that endlessly. But here he uses a phenomena of nature to declare a gospel message. Sunsets differ all the time. There are never two sunsets alike. My wife always wishes for a house with a fireplace, and I always wish for a house that points to the setting sun. Unobstructed views without trees or buildings in the way. Maybe before we leave the planet, we'll both get our wish. Sunsets are always different. Rainbows aren't. Tell me this. Why do rainbows always intrigue us? Why are we bored to death of rainbows? They're always the same color, they're always the same shape. And yet if we're driving and we see a rainbow, we pull over in a parking lot, we step out, we look at that thing, we take some pictures with our phone, and we send them all over the place. Look at what I'm looking at. Rainbows. We are charmed as we look at them. First mention of a rainbow here in the text. It's not the first time there's ever a rainbow Genesis 2 says uh, God did not permit rain to come upon this earth initially. The earth was watered by streams that came up out of the ground. But eventually rain came. This, however, is the first time a rainbow is attached, obviously, with a message from God. It is not the last time a rainbow is mentioned in the Bible. Did you know in the very last book of the Bible, Revelations 4, verse 3, a rainbow is mentioned. When I share with you where it is mentioned and how it is mentioned, perhaps you will be as shocked as I was. Revelation 4, 3. 
And he, namely God, that sat upon the throne was like a jasper or a sardine stone. Since the Bible says God dwells in unapproachable light, and since God is one who no one has seen or can see, when he's referred to, it's reflection of precious stones. There was one who sat upon that throne like a jasper or a sardine stone. And around the throne upon which God sat, Round about the throne was a rainbow, in sight like unto an emerald. And in the Greek, that rainbow encircles the entire throne of God. Why? When God attaches a promise to a rainbow in the year 4000 B.C., And when he points Noah and all mankind to that rainbow, on this earth we shall never see more than half the rainbow. But when we get to heaven, the rainbow is in a complete circle around the throne of God, meaning my promise is now secure. There will be no clouds, there's no suffering, there's no sin, there's no death. Revelation 21.4. A rainbow. Why in the world would God put a rainbow around the throne of God? Save for the fact it is a completion of the covenant that God has made. On this earth, we at best get half of things. We on this earth, at best, we get half of things. I've always said that I'll have a question for God when I get to heaven. Maybe I'll say hi to him first, or he say hi to me, and then I'll say, God, i got a question. But as I look at 1 Corinthians 13, 12, I realize I will not have to ask him the question. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see, as through a glass darkly... Then we shall see face to face. Now we know but part of the truth. Uh, Then we shall know fully. I suppose I won't have to ask him the question. Because as soon as I hit heaven, I'll know the answer as to why, pertaining to Jonathan. We all say that. I'm going to ask the question, why? Why did he take my wife with three little children still in the home? Why did my son bust up his knee on the very last play of the season in the state championship game and Notre Dame took the football scholarship away? We all have why questions. Why MS? Why did dementia come when she's only 58 years of... We all have why questions. But the Bible says when we get to heaven, we shall know fully. The cloud in Noah's day was a cloud like any cloud we see today. In the spiritual context of the message, the cloud is sin. That is why God, whenever he mentioned the rainbow three times in all five verses, he always mentioned a cloud. It's a spiritual message that 
God is delivering to Noah. You know the history of sin comes to Adam and Eve. Reaches down throughout all humanity. Causes the great flood to come upon this earth. The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. It reaches its howling apex in the crowd around the cross of Jesus, screaming for his crucifixion. You know the power of sin. If I ask a kindergartner in our parochial school, why did Jesus come down? Why did he die on the cross? The kindergartners in our school would say, because of sin, Pastor. Because of sin. You know what sin does. It destroys individuals. It takes us off the path that God wants us to walk, puts us on a contrary path. And the most horrific thing about sin that literally causes Jesus to say from the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why have you hidden my face, your face from me? is because our sin was upon Jesus, as you well know. Sin obscures the face of God. Isaiah 59, 2, the Apostle Paul, he wrote in Romans chapter 8, Nothing separates us from God, not life, not death, not angels, not demons, not things present, not things to come, not height nor depth. Nothing separates us from God. He must have forgotten what Isaiah wrote. 750 years earlier. He must have forgotten it. Because Isaiah wrote, there is one thing that separates us from God. You know what that is? Sin. Isaiah says, God cannot see your face. He cannot bless you. He cannot hear your voice. Your sin has separated you from him. The cloud is sin. The rainbow is God's promise to be with us. There's one other thing a cloud does. There's one other thing sin does. My father told me when I was young, don't ever buy a car in the twilight because you don't get a true picture of the color of that car. Why do I remember that from my dad? I don't know. When you're looking at uh, colors swatches to paint your living room. You make sure all the lights are on and that uh, swatch is underneath the lights so it's not distorted. Sin not only separates from God, it distorts God's will and His Word. It distorts it. It's called rationalization. It began with Satan when he comes into the garden. He said, did God say this? And Adam and Eve said, yeah, yeah, you're right. You are absolutely correct. God said we can eat of every tree in the garden, but not of this one. You are absolutely correct, Satan. And then what does Satan do? He distorts the word of God, the will of God. He says to Adam and Eve, yeah, God said that, but here's why he said it. He knows that if you eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll be as wise as God. Sin obscures the purpose of God's will and his word, and it distorts it. The rationalizations. Well, the sin that I committed, the path that I walked contrary to his will, I had no choice. God gave me no choice. 
If he'd give me a more decent spouse, wouldn't have strayed. If he'd give me a decent job, wouldn't have headed down that path. If he had taken care of this illness, wouldn't have done that. We do this. Martin Luther says we daily sin much, and part of that sin is the distortion of God's Word and His will. I'm absolutely amazed when I talk to people, and it's straight out of God's Word, and I'll share that verse with them, and then they will say, well, here's what God really meant. And I shake my head in disbelief, but we all do it. We all do it. It distorts the will and the Word of God. What does one do with it? You cast off the sin. You say, easier said than done, but it can be done. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Cast off from yourself. God wouldn't ask us to do something if we couldn't do it. Cast off from yourself sin that ensnares you and the temptations that seek to entrap you. And run with perseverance the race set before you, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Cast off from yourself sin that ensnares you. When you're running races, you don't have combat boots on. When you're running races, you don't have a heavy winter coat on. When you're running the race for him, you cast off from yourself the sin that ensnares you. James 4, 7. Come near to God. Resist Satan, he'll flee from you. Submit yourself to God, and Satan will be put away. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. God will not allow you to be tempted above your able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape so you can bear it. Never a mention of the rainbow without the mention of the cloud. And the cloud is sin. If the cloud is sin, what's the rainbow? Listen carefully. If the cloud is sin, what's the rainbow? It's God's great promise to us. I was visiting one of our oldest members in 98 years of age a couple of weeks ago. And she went through Isaiah 43 piece by piece. And she told me an episode that happened in her life when she was seven years old. And she told me about another episode when she was 18. Another episode when she was 27. Another episode when she was 52. Another episode when she was 68. She goes through these episodes in her life that could have absolutely crushed her. And she said, when those episodes came in my life, my favorite verse would always come back to me, Isaiah 43. I have created thee, O Jacob, I formed thee, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name, you belong to me. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. 
When you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And every one of those verses, she told me about the flood that came when she was seven, a flood of enormous grief as her mother died. And she told me about a fire that came into her life when she's 18, when her father died. And she tells me about uh, another flood and another fire to come when she's 28, and her husband dies. She went through every period of her life, and she shared with me one cloud, one fire, one storm after another. And then she said, God was with me when I was seven. God is with me when I was 16. God is with me when I was 27. The cloud, but always for her and for us, the rainbow. The rainbow. God didn't say to his children, you'll never have to go through the water if you stay close to me. He never said to his children, you never have to go through the fire if you stay close to me. He said, when uh, the fire comes and when the flood comes, I will be with you. John sixteen thirty three. in this world there will always be storms. But take heart, I've overcome the storms. Cloud and the rainbow. 1 John 5, 4. This is the victory that overcomes the storms of our life, our faith in him. Sometimes, God, when you walk through the Red Sea, sometimes God opens the waters and you walk through on dry ground. God be praised when those miracles happen. Two of them happened in this church this past week. But far more often, the waters of the Red Sea don't open. And you walk through it, hand in hand with him. And how many Christians, including my wife and myself, have said, when the storm is over, some months or years later, how many Christians have said, I'm actually glad the storm came because I learned more about God and my faith in him because the storm came. Always clouds, people. Always clouds. But in the clouds is the rainbow promise of God. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Closing word, rainbow capital of the world, Honolulu, Hawaii. 15 to 20 rainbows a day in that state. The rainbow chapter of the Bible, Psalm 23. Okay? Lord is my shepherd, shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures, which implies there were brown pastures, and he turned them green. Brown pastures, the clouds. Green pastures, the rainbow.
I'll lead you beside still waters. Implication, there were raging waters, the cloud. God made them still, the rainbow. He restores peace to my soul. Fifty times a day, twenty times a day, a hundred times a day. How often do you need peace restored to your soul? The lack of peace is the cloud. When peace comes, there's a rainbow. And when David writes, he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemy. The enemy is a cloud, whatever it is. A real-life enemy, a physical ailment, a mental ailment, an addiction, fear, worry, shame, guilt, hatred, anger. He sets a table before me in presence of the enemy, and he says to me, Look me in the eye. I'm sitting at this table with you. Look me in the eye. Do not be looking at the enemies around you. Look me in the eye, for I am with you. The enemy is the cloud. Him sitting at that table in your living room, that's the rainbow. That's the rainbow. In our Savior's name, that's the rainbow. Amen. Would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, there there are smaller crowds during the summer. But last night, there were two people here who had great miracles occur that should not have occurred. And I am dumbfounded at what happened in their lives. Two of them this past week, I'm dumbfounded as to how, God, you were able to do what you did. But you did. And the great joy is them knowing that this was a miracle that came from you. There is no other explanation. For them, you open the waters of the Red Sea and they walk through on dry ground. And they sang songs of praise to you like Miriam did. But for others, last night and this morning, they are in the midst of storms. The clouds have formed and they are mighty clouds. But they know you, Lord. They know you. And that's the great victory in the midst of the battle against storms. They know you. And I pray for them that there is never a moment in the days and weeks and months that lie ahead that they do not realize your presence, your peace, and your strength. Heavenly Father, for your children on this earth, I'll never ask you, don't send clouds. I will ask you, Whenever a cloud comes for the three billion that call your name on this earth, whenever a cloud comes, may your spirit always bring the reality of the rainbow that's in the clouds. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Such things we ask in our Savior's name. Amen. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.